Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Vegas Golden Knights are on life support. Vegas suffered a brutal loss against the Dallas Stars. They need to win out their last two games of the year while hoping that Dallas loses to Anaheim and Arizona. So things are not looking good for Vegas, but... Things are looking good for the Sabres right about now. We'll get to the Vegas game in a little bit, but let's talk about the Sabres who are preparing to close out their season with back-to-back games on Thursday and Friday, first against the Bruins in Boston, followed by the Sabres season finale at home against the Chicago Blackhawks, RJ's final game on the call as play-by-play for the Buffalo Sabres, a very, very special night coming up on Friday. But Taylor, as we're heading into these last two games, as we had talked about on our Monday episode, There are a couple of guys who are close to hitting milestones. Tage Thompson, three goals away from hitting 40 goals and three points away from hitting 70 points. Jeff Skinner is two goals away from hitting 35 goals. Darlene's two points away from hitting 55 points. And Olsen is a point away from hitting 50 points. So there are definitely some things to look forward to here. It was confirmed today that Dustin Tokarski will be starting on Thursday against the Bruins, and they're hoping that Anderson is going to be able to go on Friday against the Blackhawks, while Kyle Opozo's status for both of these games is up in the air at this point. But I'm wondering, Taylor, what are you looking for out of the Sabres over these last two games? Mostly those things, I guess. Um, I don't (laughs) really care. Well, it'd be nice to to beat Chicago, especially for a few reasons. First of all, it's a good send off for RJ. Second, I'll be there. That's huge. It's always third. It's always nice to end the season with a win. I should say, when I say RJ is one, that's number one by far. Like, that's super important, I guess. More than you being there? More than me being there, even. And then, you know, I don't really like the Blackhawks. I haven't really liked the Blackhawks for a long time, but I think this past year has given me and a lot of other people, let's say, uh, a – an ethical reason to hate the Blackhawks mm. as an organization mm-hmm. more so than, you know, the more aesthetic things. So I don't like them. And so yeah, it'd be, that'd be a great day to get a win. And also the Sabres are better than them. So you should beat the Blackhawks at home. The Bruins game, you know, it's the Bruins. They're a lot better than the Sabres. It's always nice to beat them, but I was going to say, yeah. it. if we play against Allmark, I would like to, I guess I'd like to win. I don't really have any feelings towards Allmark either way. I'm even kind of ambivalent if I think about if I think the Sabres should have re-signed him or not. I'm still kind of up in the air. I think no, honestly. 
if it's going to be a deal like he got with, you know, the deal he ended up getting when I guess no. Yeah. And like, mostly I'd, I'd like to see some of those milestones first and foremost, Tage getting 40. Uh, there are a few guys that we didn't, I, like I was just going off the top of my head last time in terms of Sabres have gotten 40 and I don't I don't have a complete list right now. Uh, I was going to wait till let's see if Tage actually gets 40 or not. But when I was talking about the guys who have many have at this many goals in a season for the Sabres, there was definitely other ones that I did not have written down that are, you know, also on that list. So it should probably in the range of 10 to a dozen or so total. Mm-hmm. So that'd be crazy if Tage Thompson got on there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that is definitely the one to watch for 40 goals is incredibly special. As you had said, it's only happened a dozen or so times in the history of the franchise. And I mean, again, really, I think the thing that I'm looking for out of these last two games is just to continue this momentum that they've been having into the off season. It's been incredibly, incredibly great. And just hopeful, I guess, to listen to all of these guys talk about how they don't want the season to end. I think Granado today was saying that guys showed up 25 minutes early to practice just because they're, they're all so like jazzed up and they don't really want the, the season to end. And so, you know, I think that in terms of what were realistic goals for this year, for this team, I would say that they have met and or exceeded all of them for what you could have hoped for. They performed better than we were expecting them to at the start of the year. They had the guys that they needed to bounce back and really step up in Darlene Skinner, namely doing that. You have an unbelievable breakout season from Tage. Nobody was expecting a Pozo to do what he did this year by putting up 20 goals and being a 40 point guy, largely in a bottom six role. And then you start to see some of the steps from other guys. I mean, Jack Quinn took a monumental step in Rochester this year, which gives you a ton of hope going into next year. Same thing goes for JJ Paterka. I mean, he was just stellar down there all season long. So they'll be, the Amherst will be finishing up their season, hopefully getting a playoff spot. We, we don't necessarily quite know that yet, but even back to some of the other guys in terms of like a development standpoint, like Matias Samuelson and his emergence. I mean, again, I, nobody could have predicted that if uh, of the list of things that I thought were improbable Tage hit like getting close to 40 goals and being like a 60 plus point guy in, in a, in a top line center for them is at the top of the list, obviously, but Matias Samuelson solidifying himself as a part of the long-term future of this blue line. I think the importance of that can't be overstated. It is just huge. And especially now, as we're learning that again, over this pat, the stretch of the past couple of weeks, that Darlene has that flexibility to play on the right side. That does so much for this blue line. And then again, we're not even getting into Owen power yet too, where he's looked really, really solid in his short stint that he's ahead up. So you give all of these guys who have taken huge, huge steps this year, uh, an off season to stay together. The core of this team by and large is going to remain intact. You give them a, a good off season. Maybe there's a solid, a couple of free agent or trade acquisitions, hopefully more so trade because we know what the track record is when it comes to free agency. But We'll, we'll talk more about this on our Monday episode because Monday is going to be more of like a formal season recap, but the overwhelming feeling that I'm just having, you know, looking at these last two games is just positivity. 
I mean, I, I, you know, if they go with a split and go one and one, that'll be great. I'll be fine with that. I think that's probably to be expected if they win them both even better. And, you know, we'll see how the games go, but even if they end up, you know, losing them both, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to lose to Chicago, but either way, you know, there's nothing, I guess that can happen over these next two games that would not make me feel like direction wise that this season wasn't, was not an overwhelming success because I, I feel like it was by and large, like you got everything that you really needed to, and that you were expecting to out of this year and then some. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you really hit on all the ones that, that are important is that there's a bunch of guys that you feel better about this year than you did coming into the year. It's not just like, oh, well, we'll see. Like there, there are some guys like that, but like Samuelson is a great example. Someone that a lot of people weren't super high on. He had some time near the end of last season but like it was a lost season and he played a lot with Risto. So it's kind of a black hole. Yeah. Uh, and like even another example is power. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect from his first couple weeks in the NHL. And it's been great aside from Tarasenko, like kind of embarrassing him that one time, the team has actually played incredibly well with him in the lineup. Like he's been a boon to the team currently a team that was already trending up when he got there, which is huge considering his age. So that's really exciting thing. and something to look forward to for next year. It's yeah. There's basically nothing that could happen that would really matter in these last two games. I guess the thing that really matters is like I said before, sending RJ off with a win. Right. Completely agree. And, and again, I, what's so crazy about all of this too, it's, you know, I, I, you just brought up there and other people bring it up. Like, again, like that, the team was on the rise as it was. And then with two weeks left in the, in the season with all of this promise, it's like, Oh, by the way, here's your first overall pick. Who's now going to step in and show that he could play in the NHL right away, you know, yeah. on a night to night basis. And then on top of that, we're going to probably have two top 16 picks going into this draft coming up here. And the flexibility that that gives them. I know last episode we talked about them potentially pursuing PLD, but there are other options of guys too, that maybe will end up becoming available. You know, once we get through like the first round of the playoffs, if there's teams that feel like they underperformed or want to shake it up or teams that don't make the playoffs, of course, as well, where, you know, they need to shake up the course somehow, or they need to to move a guy, or maybe you are, are able to leverage, one or two of those three first round picks, depending on, of course, the stature of the player that you're going after. But regardless of that, like whether you're walking out of the draft with three new first round talents in the system, or you're walking out with one or two, and then also getting a really quality roster, like player on the, you know, on the books too, on top of that, either way, the momentum is just going so hard in their favor right now and there's been times over the years where we've been able to say like you talked about it last time where they like what was it now like five years ago when they hit 80 points and we were like oh my god all right this might be happening right now and then just six years ago six years okay yeah and like the wheels then just fell off And, and there was definitely legitimate optimism to be had there but this just feels a lot different right now it just feels as though the players believe in what the organization is building. The front office believes in what they're doing and has a plan of attack that 
is going to be conducive to success in the league. And before it just kind of felt like there was no direction. It was aimless and Botterill really didn't do anything to try and supplement the immense amount of talent that he had on that roster. Certainly their hiring decisions didn't help too, when it came to both the front office and behind the bench, but you know, when was the last time that we all kind of felt like, okay, we're feeling really good about the front office and the general manager. We're feeling really good about the coach. We're feeling really good about the up and coming talent. We're feeling really good about our draft capital. We're feeling really good about the guys who aren't even in the NHL yet too, or close to having a sniff of it. Like the Russian kids that we've been talking about Rosen. We'll see what happens with Ryan Johnson, but you also have Devin Levi and Eric Portillo. It just, it feels as though just about every facet of the organization right now is on the upswing. And I think that that's maybe the biggest difference between six years ago and now is that you really didn't have that before. Cause six years ago, like the prospect pool definitely was not what it was. You weren't going into the next season expecting to have as many high quality young guys coming into the fold, like power Paterka, Quinn, just to name a few there. I mean, and you know, we'll see who else ends up solidifying a spot. I mean, Samuelson, of course, is locked in for next year, but that's really the main thing, I guess. Because prior to that, Jesus, I, I mean, like legitimate hopeful optimism. I, it's been few and far between, I guess, is my point that I'm trying to get at. And so, like I said, the fact that from all facets, firing from all cylinders, this organization, it gives me optimism to the fullest extent that I don't think that we've had in a while. And I'm going, and that's also important. One little caveat with that too, is that this is all being said without even having the expectation of them being a contender next year. Do I think that maybe even as recent as like two months ago to now that my expectations for them next year have changed? Yeah, I would say so. I'm not expecting them to solidified 100% lock down a playoff spot because I think that it's maybe a, a little bit unrealistic to expect a jump like that. But I feel extremely confident that given who they have in place right now, given who, or given the fact that I believe in the front office and who they're going to look to acquire and go after, I feel really, really confident that we're looking at a 500 or above team next year, which is something that we have not been able to say in a very, very long time. Yeah. I, yeah, I I mean, honestly, they have not been above 500 since 2012. If you're just going by points percentage, they haven't had more than 82 points or played at that pace. 10 years. Yeah. So 10, this is the 10th straight year of that. So I agree with that. I'll say this. The thing that bothers me about the last time they finished a season well, which was 2016. Yeah. Um, so basically, I would say from like February 2016 through the beginning of the 16-17 season, there was no real long-term concern about the Sabres from like anyone around here. So people like us were just excited, like post-tank, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They have Eichel and Reinhardt and O'Reilly and Kane and Leonard in the time that he played that year looked pretty good. And like I said, they finished the season strong. They played at a 94-point pace. They drafted Nylander, which... It was dumb at the time, but it's like, well, at least they'll be able to keep scoring. And then they sign Oposo. There was never any like, oh, long term, they're still in really bad shape from people in Buffalo. There were people out there in the world saying that and they ended up being right. Uh, But that's what kind of bothered me because some people were taken aback. I think it just hit me like like a ton of bricks on opening night when they were losing to, I think, the Canadians. And it was like, 
oh, wow, there is like five guys on this team that shouldn't be in the NHL. And our prospect pool is not that good. Yep. Or it's really like, you know, they're all gone now. So it was just like, oops, all of a sudden. And that was basically a realization, like in and out of denial that whole season. And then by the end of the year, it was like, oh, yeah, that was they're not in great shape. Uh, But that's. I was someone who was, let's say, well, very pro rebuild and then pro tank while it was happening. I think there was an annoying thing that happened after that was like, it happened sometime in like 2017. That was like, see, tanking's bad. But there was no one in 2016 that thought that when they finished strong the year before, there was no like, ah, but they're actually still in bad shape or this roster's still not filled out or there's still this or that or whatever. We're not sure about goaltending. It was none of that. There was no hemming and hawing. It was, they are headed in the right direction. That was a uniform opinion. And it wasn't like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs this year. Right. Or whatever. It was like, they're good. They're competitive. And then it was going back to, oh, the tank's actually bad again. Like in, and then that continues indefinitely every few months. Um, but like, that really annoyed me. Anyway, getting no. back to the, the We're the still dealing day. with people talking about it. It's ridiculous. You think people in Toronto are like, oh, man. Can you believe that we tanked and we have a guy now who scored 60 goals for us? Like, where are are our morals? Like, come on. It's absurd. Yeah. So we, last episode, talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois potentially being a saber in the future. And we talked about not having, like, a real French player for a long time, whatever. Yeah, it's school. Well, here's the big thing. We both completely missed on two things one is something that we should have known immediately so how did i not think of marty braun that's ridiculous he's yeah, on broadcast was, every night really bad. i mean he's been gone for 15 years so that's still a long time yeah but like jesus come on us the other thing is i we both completely underrated how french danny rear sounded and that's the thing the Breer, the, the braun thing is just a brain fart this blew my mind yeah. listening to him being interviewed in 2007 i either didn't realize or completely memory hold that he had a french accent and I've heard him speak, I don't know how many times in the past, I don't know, he's been, he became a saver almost 20 years ago. And yeah. I honestly couldn't believe it. Now there's a bunch of other savers that have been from Quebec and stuff too, but th- that's the one that just like really jumped out of me. Like, yeah, so Jason Hobbinville is from- Scalpel, by the way, they were the one who, repl- who replied to us and sent us some of those interview clips. Yeah, some of them are like, so th- there's a difference, I guess I was saying, not that I'm an expert on French Canada, <laughs> but I think there's a difference between someone from Quebec and someone who's like French, French. You know what I mean? Yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois is unbelievably French, just all the way around. That his name, name is Pierre. <laughs> like your last name is Dubois. Come on, Dubois. I've heard that he walks in data games. He, he like with with a big baguette and a glass of wine. <laughs> like he says ha 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 after he scores. That guy's French. There's some guys that I've are seen from, him like, wear a beret once or twice too. I will say. Yeah, Pominville is from Next Scarf too. Quebec, <laughs> but like Pominville's not that French. No. Well, and some of the his other name's names Jason. Were... How French can he be? Exactly. Well, and some of the other names that were put out there too. Nick Delorier. Yeah. That one that, that one's fair. William Carrier. I really didn't realize that one. Uh Matt Dagostini, but... Sabres Legend. You see, the thing is, all these guys either didn't play for the Sabres that long or sucked. Right. Patrick Oleem, Steve Bernier. I mean, yeah, Baron though is just like that is a next level brain fart on our parts. The Braun one's crazy, but the Breer one, what a realization. Yeah, well, that's why I brought it up. I was like, dude, Danny Breer is is I, I guess I didn't realize the extent of it. Cause yeah, those clips, he is 
letting it rip with that accent but yeah i guess the difference is french is a first language versus as a second language mm-hmm. i assume pomadeville is his first language or that english is his first language he speaks both pretty fluently though doesn't he I yeah i mean it is a what do you call it multilingual well province. and he and so again our our pal saber scalpel who uh gave us this uh, little lesson on french canadian sabers uh, had mentioned that Pominville was raised in the heart of Quebec City, but his parents made him speak English first at home, and he could speak both of them spot on. I imagine a lot of guys there can speak both yeah, spot on, but uh, yeah, that makes sense that he had to speak English in the home. Like, I mean, it makes sense as now that, you know that I've heard his accent, not as a policy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he just he never sounded to me like someone who was that French, but also I mean, he grew up in the heart of Quebec City. That's it's interesting. Have you ever been to Quebec? Sadly, no, but it's on my list, man. I want to go so bad and check it out. It's it's right there, and so many people haven't been to it. I've only been – I've been to Montreal once. That's it. Mm-hmm. Man, I did, did completely underrated going in how French it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's like I, – I, friends who have gone have – it's like legit, like, Canadian Europe. Yeah, basically. So if you, it's, there's a lot of vibes that way, too. It's much more quiet than, like, Toronto – uh, but going there, I was expecting it to be like kind of the opposite of Ontario. You know what I mean? In terms of language, like sure. there are signs in both, but like it's leaning more towards French. Yep. But like, man, no, a lot of people do not speak English there. Yeah, <laughs> it was a culture shock. It was, it was a great time though. It's a really I want to cool go place. so bad. They have real cat cafes, not like the cat cafes we have in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, cats just cat actually hanging around. Do they serve you baguettes? no they're lazy they don't do anything but like uh they like kind of hang around i have a picture maybe i uh i don't know where it is i think it's i have it on instagram or something the cat's just like hanging out on the windowsill next to me while i was eating breakfast wow like they can just hang out and stuff i'm like you got to keep them separated because of quote-unquote health code violations of course well hey when arizona gets relocated to quebec maybe we can go check a game out there yeah let's do it that, honestly, that's 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 the dream, isn't it? Like, no offense to the, the fans of Phoenix, Glendale, Tempe area, but like, come on, man, this isn't working. And now this new arena they want to put in isn't even in Phoenix. What are you doing? What are you doing? I know there's people in all these areas, but like, come on. It's like, this does not work if you are like a fledgling organization. Right. You have to go where the people are, the most people. I know there's people in Glendale and Tempe too, but like, God, guys, you're not a football team. Get it together. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And why don't they just play where the Suns play? Am I mistaken on this? I don't I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I've I got to as well. Um, where do I'll also say, though, play? too, because Quebec would probably be in the Atlantic, right? Oh, man, they'd have to realign again, wouldn't they? Well, no, because wouldn't it make sense? Because you just would move Quebec to the Atlantic, and then Detroit goes back to the Western Conference. So Detroit goes to the Central? Yes. Uh, they return to the Central. It's called the Footprint Center, where they play? What? It's called the Footprint Center, where the Suns play. Okay, this is the best team in the NBA. Yeah. How did they not know they Who played the the naming rights? Center. What is it? Footprints LLC? Uh, I think Quentin Tarantino owes them. Come on. What? <laughs> I'm joking, but like, hold on. Let's see. It's in the heart of Phoenix, it seems like. All right, let's see these naming rights. What is going on? 
Well, it's been a lot of things. It's been the Phoenix Sun Arena, Talking Stick Resort Arena, U.S. Airways Center, America West Arena, and the Footprint Center, all in 30 years. Okay, let's let's take a look. What is, who is who is Mr. Footprint? Uh, it's a science company. Nerds. It's a science company in Gilbert, Arizona, Maricopa County. So I believe that that should be nearby. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so why don't they play there? <laughs> why don't you guys ask them about playing there? I mean, they probably know mm. a lot about the Coyotes organization, and they know that they don't like to uh, pay their bills. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I want those Quebec Nordiques jerseys, though, back in back in our division. Let's go. Also, the, this place is right next to Chase Field. So another, another you know, it's a a tough not a tough sell but be like okay we gotta have a baseball team in this area we gotta we gotta make this work let's put them where the people are i'm gonna look up now where their current place is how far away that is which i, I think is a Gila phoenix, river arena do you know where phoenix ranks in terms of like national population oh it's huge oh i know it's matt i'm just curious i know it's big but i'm just wondering like whereabouts they rank like is it top 10 yeah oh yeah it is oh, okay i looked this it, it, it's it's one of the fastest growing um, so they're like 25 minutes away. The Gil River is like 25 minutes away from this other stuff. I'm like, like I said, I'm not an expert on that geography here, but like this doesn't seem to make sense. And then Tempe is also not right there. I know Tempe, Glendale, and Phoenix are all like kind of near each other. Um, but like still, that, that's why they're still there though, Brendan, because the population is, there's a ton of potential. Let's see, Greater Phoenix population is almost 5 million. Wow. Yeah. And it's, and it's like trending up. And that's, I think, why it's harder to move them than it is to move like most other teams. And no, I never would have moved in. I'm obviously current. just messing around. Like, I do think if they can make it work there, it's great. But it's just the organization top to bottom has just been a mess. Absolute mess. But it's, if they can make it work there, it's great. I also, for what it's worth, I'm talking about how sweet Quebec jerseys are. Arizona's got, now that they're back to the uh, – the Kachina, right? Is that how you say it? Is it that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now that they're back to those jerseys, those are top notch. I really, really like those. But uh, yeah, so they're tenth, tenth okay, population. Damn, in, in, the, in the metro area. So our like, good friend uh, Henry Wellsby lives in in the Phoenix area. Yeah, I mean, so it's only behind New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Miami, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and DC. So Atlanta obviously did lose their team. But I'm going to call that extenuating circumstances because uh, you might remember that all the owners were fighting and suing each other and basically we're, we're not playing here. See ya. Yeah. So, much. so this is an example of how it's not just a big city. It's fast growing. It's uh, 1950. There's only 220,000 people there. They didn't get to 500,000 till 59, which it was. So they more than doubled in that time, that decade. Wow. Um, this is the greater area too, not just the city. And they got to a million in 1973. They got to 2 million in 1990. They got to 3 million in 2002. And they got to 4 million in 2015. And they are at 46 or 4.6 million, I should say. So basically, every year there's been a growth for a long time, there's a growth rate of more than 5%. That's absurd. But there's still a growth Ooh. rate every year. Like, for example, the growth rate between last year and this year is 1.48%. It's impossible, literally, for Metro to have a growth rate positive for 70 straight years, unless you start with, like, nobody there, like Phoenix did, and 
grow into what it is now. So it's it's kind of crazy. But I mean, that makes sense, yeah. though. Like, the Suns came there in, like, the late 60s. Good on the NBA for recognizing that, because there was not a lot of people in Phoenix at that point. Uh, and then, but look at the other teams. The Cardinals football team, uh, they don't get there until the late 80s, early 90s, and they move from St. Louis. Yes, there was a football team in St. Louis called the St. Louis Cardinals that were the color red. And then what is it? The, uh, what would be next? It'd be the Coyotes, 95, I think. And then 98, the, the baseball team. So, you know, it went from one to four relatively quickly. So That's pretty nuts. Who would have thought that living in uh, Southeast United States where it's warm all the time would it, would it Southwest even. Did I say Southeast? I meant Southwest. Yeah. Excuse me. Jesus Christ. No, Southwest. you could move in the Southeast. That's true. Atlanta. I was. Who would have thought Southwest United States with all that beautiful warm weather would uh, attract people to want to live there? Truly a a spectacle. It is interesting, though, because it's the desert. A lot of people for the desert. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. true of Vegas, too. I mean, Vegas is the other example here. I guess it's something similar. Vegas is probably going to have four major league teams relatively soon. They had zero until 2017. What how do they get? How do you think they get a basketball team? next expansion will probably be vegas and seattle how long away do you th- how, how far away do you think that is probably not far it's been yeah. 20 years since the nba expanded uh, that's true that's and true. honestly they have the talent to do it i mean i to think of where else would even be up there. i know those are the two obvious ones for a starting point but where else would even the nba expand yeah you know where they need to get a team what Brooklyn, because those sorry-ass bums got their ass kicked <laughs> by the Celtics. You know who needs a team back? Newark. Newark? Yeah, who, who wants who, <laughs> East Rutherford, whatever, whoever, wherever they actually played. Go back to New Jersey. No one want, like no one asked for this. True. New York City was like, we need another bad, embarrassing basketball team. They already have their bad, embarrassing basketball team that they actually do care about. They don't need one they don't care about. Yep. It's no, wild. That's fair. that's fair. Man, what a goddamn great series that was, though. Celtics, and now they have Robert Williams back. Oh, baby. We're looking good, Taylor. Things were real dicey at the start of the year, man. But I'm telling you, what are, I think they've won 30 of their last 36 games or something ridiculous like that. Like, oh, my oh, God. Easy. It's 27 to 34, pal. Um, what, what's that? It's 27 of 34. Okay, sorry. My bad um i was off by what technically yeah so seven losses in that span sorry my bad i think Kyrie had my favorite post-game quote of all time context included that they he just was also pretty pretty ineffective at the end of a embarrassing sweep at the end of what was an embarrassing season after he skipped like 60 games because yep. uh what is a personal decision but a pretty stupid one that he could barely defend uh and he was like you know what i think i want to run the show here i think i want more power <laughs> Well, didn't he even admit <laughs> that is so good? Didn't he even admit too that he regretted doing that? He's like, oh, yeah. I wish I would have played a couple more games. Like, yeah, no fucking shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Kyrie, for oh. someone who has one of the most iconic uh, playoff moments of all time in hitting that shot in the 2016 finals, and frankly, who's someone who was great throughout the 2016 and 17 playoffs, he has a terrible playoff resume. Yep. Just in terms of overall accomplishments. Okay, so you have those. He was, like I said, he was good in 2017. 2015, first time he ever makes the playoffs, he's hurt in the conference finals and finals. No, and that's not his fault. Like a lot of these will be injury based, but it is what it is. He leaves 2018, he's hurt again, 
the Celtics made the conference finals without him. Hmm. Interesting. 2019 he's back. The Celtics are worse. They get destroyed by the bucks. He shoots like 30% and keeps insisting that he's going to guard Giannis. 2020 he's hurt, sits out the bubble. 2021 gets hurt again. 2022, whatever the hell this was. So that's his entire playoffs. Outside of 16 and 17, he doesn't have a good postseason. He doesn't even have a passable postseason. What do you Wild. think about the Kevin Durant, Charles Barkley feud? I think KD is made of paper mache. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that <laughs> it was cracking me up that he just refers to himself as a god. And then someone's like, Are you really referring to yourself as a god as you just got swept by the Celtics? And he's like, Aren't we all about self love here? Like, positive reinforcement come on man like listen i'll be the first one to to say that everybody needs to love themselves be kind not everyone not yet (laughs) not when you get your ass whooped by jason tatum yeah be mad at yourself for a little bit honestly be mad at you know what imagine that though yeah you get swept and you're just like you know what i'm the fucking man i just got my ass handed to me by the best defense in the league and could not overcome it I'm still fucking awesome, though. Yeah, he was bad. Oh. I'll guarantee you this, bud. Giannis will not uh, go out as soft as KD did. And then of course everyone, not. But Giannis he, also has to say KD's as good as the Celtics, though. No, I mean, when he plays the Celtics. That's what win I'm or saying, lose. Though. Yeah, it's not going to be like KD is. And then people are going to be like, the, the people who still want to say KD is the best player in the world or have been desperate to get that taken, I don't think it ever has been 100% true, and now it's definitely not true. Definitely not. Who's your top three? Players in the world right now? Yeah. This is tough. I think it's kind of Giannis alone at number one um, because the other guys that I would have as, like, the best players this regular season and everyone else in the world would have as the best players this regular season are Embiid and Jokic. And, like, they really haven't done it in the playoffs the way that he has. Yeah. Like you can't compare anything to last year. So I feel like there isn't a top three. There's a top one. And then there's a bunch of other guys at the moment, including KD and LeBron. Yeah, sure. Um, but like going to be Jason Tatum too. I mean, he's in the, he probably is at least near the group at, at this point, yeah. but like, like LeBron or like KD, I should say, uh, this is my last point before we switch back to the other sport. <laughs> he, I think his legacy is permanently ruined, not just because of the series in, in a way that it shouldn't be because he made Twitter accounts partially that I don't think people will care about that as much, but like looking at his, I don't, I don't like to predict the future anymore, but I almost guarantee that for the next 40 years, it's going to be Katie not getting the respect. He really probably would deserve or could have deserved and him being like, I'm not mad about it, but he's going to be permanently mad about it and know that he screwed up because that's what it comes down to, to me, Katie at his peak was like unbelievable. Like he's one of the, he, I don't know, he could be one of the 10 or 12 best players ever. Agreed. Like he's one of the most fluent scorers ever. Like fluid, I should say, not fluent, fluid scorers I've ever seen. He plays great defense. He's a seven footer that can shoot threes. Like I think we saw in the playoffs last year, he's like the matchup nightmare of all matchup nightmares. And he never got to be the consensus number one player. I mean, partially because he played in the LeBron era, but also like if he would have just stayed in OKC, they probably would have won a title at some point early. I, I mean, I almost guarantee they would have won a title with. They were know, the bound Warriors. to. I like hundred percent. That kills me, you know, because he was like when he was with Oklahoma City. I mean, he was one of my favorite players in the league. And while I'm not of the you know mindset that him golden going to Golden State was this like 
monumental cardinal sin because I get it. You want to chase a ring. He got his ring, whatever. But just because I'm not like steam out the ears mad about it doesn't mean that it also doesn't change how I feel about him. Like that definitely changed my perception of him. Like hundred percent. It's like, I was like, you do what you got to do. You want to go get that ring? Like do it up. Like people pointed to like with LeBron and Bosch going to Miami and being like, well, how is this any different? And like, listen, it's very different. It is very different. That's the thing is that it is. But even aside from that though, it's like, how how with his personality and how he ended up leaving Oklahoma City too, like in the manner in which he did, how can you not look at it in a negative light? And how, like look mm-hmm. at him in a negative light, and it absolutely tarnished his legacy. Um, and that's a great point too. I mean, like, yeah, KD in Oklahoma City was on another level, but again, it's like you're behind LeBron there, so you go to golden state where i mean you're still kd obviously but was he really the guy like i mean does it matter even if he was the guy like this is i guess this is the what i say it's very different is because miami was this fringe playoff team with one star right cleveland was this championship contender quote unquote um with one star and really just that one star and Toronto was a fringe, like all, not fine. even a playoff team yeah. with one star. And two of those stars are better than one of the other ones. But like when they teamed up, it was this kind of, um, it was a weird fit at first. And there was no depth on Miami. And that's part of the reason they lost the first year. And then there was, they got their depth. They got definitely got better in 12 and 13, but like Wade got worse. And all of a sudden they didn't have two superstars. They had a superstar and a star and LeBron had to be that star. And I guess, what I'm getting at here in the long term is Le- LeBron being a bad GM has generally been pretty good for his uh, actual personal legacy as a player because yeah. it makes him have to do more. And it's the same thing in LeBron in 2016. And I actually was texting about this today with our good pal Mike Drebot about Durant, who I think Durant, in terms of like his peak, is as good as basically anyone I've seen except for LeBron. I mean, there's an argument with Giannis and, and Shaq too in there and Duncan. I should guess I should throw Duncan in there too. Right. But like, look at the century of performances we have you have like Shaq and 01 and these guys have other performances too but these are the memorable like individual like really will this team do a championship Shaq and 01 when they go 15-1 in the playoffs Duncan in 03 um Wade in 06 uh in 09 Kobe uh 11 Dirk 13 LeBron especially you could say 2012 as well if you want and Mm -hmm. Uh, like you, you, you might throw in Steph Curry in 2015, I don't know, but then you throw in Kawhi and Giannis last year. Durant will never everything like that because he never needed that. Right. But anyway, let's hear from our. Uh, well, that was. I just want to say quickly though, that was kind of my point though about him, like whether or not he was like the guy. Like obviously he was a driving force and reason behind why they won those championships. But my man, you walked into a team with two of the best shooters of all time in your backcourt. Yeah. And you have it one of the best, defen- the best defensive players of the past decade also in your front court like he couldn't have walked into it he, he literally could not have walked into a better situation yeah all right so let's hear from our sponsors at DraftKings real quick hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NHL right now new customers can bet just one dollar in any team to win and get a hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash New customers can make their first deposit and play for free, play free for thousands 
with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 in any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so quickly before we go, um, Brendan mentioned at the top of the show, the Golden Knights lost to Dallas uh, last night. That would have been Tuesday night uh, in a shootout. Um, Both teams started 0 for 7, and Dallas won on their 8th. Miro Heiskanen. Miro Heiskanen. Uh, so this basically means that the Dallas Stars only need one point, and they happen to play the second and fifth worst teams in the league, the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks. So, and the Knights, meanwhile, have to play the Blues in their last game, and they play Chicago tonight. Correct. And the Blues are still fighting for position, remember. Home, home ice advantage in the first round against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, folks – Folks, this is interesting. Mm. By the time everyone's listening to this, it's more likely than not that Vegas will not be in the playoffs. So that would mean the oh. 16th overall pick for the Sabres and the ninth Ooh. overall pick. In addition to whatever Florida ends up being. Oh, well, actually, you know what, Taylor? Let me look really quick because I want to see what the – like how much movement – can there actually be from the Sabres perspective, like depending on how this goes? Um, Dallas, uh, Detroit can pass them. Can anybody else or is it just Detroit? Uh, I Ottawa. Think anyone... Oh, Ottawa, Ottawa can? Yeah, they can. Ottawa has only two points back. Oh, yeah, Ottawa could theoretically. Um, but it seems pretty, pretty locked in. Like they would have to, you know, Anaheim has one game to go and has 76 points. Um San Jose is also at 76 points and they have two games to go. So, I mean, it's possible that we would move up more, but it's by and large looking like we're about to have a, a, a top 10 pick there. Yeah. Yeah. The most likely to me seems to be ninth and Vegas would be locked into 16th pretty much. Shout out Jake Ottinger. You goddamn King. What a performance, man. I mean, Logan Thompson was obviously great too. That was an, unbelievable goaltending matchup but jake ottinger oh my god also i gotta just say too between new jersey the new jersey loss for vegas and then san jose they end up coming back down to to win then dallas comes back from down two to win oh just so so sweet so good like Oh, what a! There, there's no it, commentary to give. It is just awesome. It is no, the best. This is 100%. hilarious. Well, we thought like three or four weeks ago that they were going to miss the playoffs for sure. That's before they won six straight games. And then LA and Dallas decided they didn't want to make the playoffs, which frankly, I don't know if LA and Dallas are really playoff teams. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I it's it's hard to think of a comparison for a team this talented. Uh, so real quick though, I want to say this is such a weird thing I noticed when I was looking up how good Ottinger's been this year by goal saved above expected. Uh, Dallas's goalies that have played at least 15 games this year are 26, 27th, and 29th in goal saved above expected. That is remarkably consistent. So who is that? Um, Ottinger, Wedgwood, Ottinger, Holby, and Holby. Holby. Yeah. Damn. It's weird, isn't it? 
Very. That's wow. Well, here's a fun thing to tie it back to the Sabres before we go. Uh, the Sabres goalies that have played 15 games this year are 52nd and 53rd. Goo! <laughs> <laughs> out of, I should say, out of how many goalies have played 15 games this year. Hold on a second. It is a total of 67. <laughs> so Damn. they are, yeah, Anderson has a negative 8.7 and Tokarski is negative 9.2. What was which really out of curiosity? Hopi's is just over one. It's uh, Hopi's is 0.7, so just under one. Andre is 1.8, and Wedgwood is 1.9. Interesting year in that. And Very much so. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As I had mentioned before at the top of the episode, we will be back with our season recap on Monday. But in the meantime, make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, as well as on social media. Make sure you're also following us on social media, Straight Up Sabres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure you're either following or subscribe to us on whatever you are currently listening listening to this podcast on last but not least go to DraftKings, lovely sponsor of this show and use promo code thpn at checkout to take advantage of great deals once again we'll be back with a brand new episode on monday thank you all so much for tuning in this has been straight up sabers